Welcome to WMFA, a podcast where writers talk writing. I'm Courtney Ballastier, and on this week's mini-sode, I'm talking about jealousy. Hey everybody, a mini-mini-sode here for you this week. Just want to talk a little bit about a thing that I've been thinking about the last week or two. Um which is jealousy, which I assume will be familiar to most everybody listening. So jealousy has been uh, kind of knocking on my door lately, uh, and I wanted to talk about, a li- talk about it a little bit here. So one thing is, uh, you know, the year's ending, all the kind of best of lists are coming out. And, and I noticed on Twitter this year just like a, a subtle but, you know, a, a noticeable kind of response to that culture of, you know, and of course, like, we love to categorize and, and great work should obviously be recognized. This is not a tirade against best of lists, which I, I don't really have very strong feelings about, I have to confess. But I noticed that quite a few writers had written about feeling, were tweeting about feeling just kind of exhausted by the concept of these lists and and how they can make other people feel really bad about themselves, you know, and, and I really loved this. Uh, Lacey M. Johnson is a writer who started this great thread just kind of saying like, hey, what's something you published this year that you're, that you're proud of, that you're excited about? So, so that all just kind of struck me as this is really supportive sort of place uh, for writers to exist, which is not definitely not something you can say about the internet uh, a lot of the time. So that caught my eye. And, um, and you know, I could very well feel differently about best of lists when I actually have a book out to be in contention for them. Um, but what it actually kind of started up for me this year, I saw a list and it, for some reason, you know, it made that, that inner critic voice in my head just say like, you're never going to do anything. Like, you're never going to write a book. You're never going to get here. And it was just like, it was almost like startling, you know, because it was just kind of like, oh, I thought that you... And I were cool, but I guess we're not as much, you know. And and so that so that's one. So let's put a pin in that. And uh, and the other one, you know, was was seeing seeing somebody get a really good get right, just a really good publication, and being very excited for that person, but also it underscoring that that critic voice of like, see, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. So that voice has been really loud for me lately, um, just in the past like week or two. Um, and you know, these things comes in waves. Sometimes, sometimes it will be louder than others, and sometimes you you two will be cool, and sometimes you won't. But um, the reason I'm talking about it right now is one to say that I think is totally normal, and I'm not gonna beat myself up about it. But but that I I did really, the more I thought about it, want to know why I reacted that way. And the last time that I remembered feeling that way so strongly was when I was kind of, I don't know, it was maybe about, let's call it maybe eight years ago, something like that, when I was, you know, I was kind of, I hadn't quite found my place as a writer. Um, not that I think that I fully have settled into my place as a writer now, but, you know, I think I have a, I think I have a clearer vision of what I want and what excites me. And I didn't then. And so because I didn't, I see now, this is all in retrospect. Um, I see now that because I didn't, I was very, I, it was kind of equal opportunity jealousy, right? Because I didn't know exactly what I wanted. So everything that everyone was doing was something that I wasn't getting. Um, 
which is a really unhealthy way to live, people. Like, if you're doing that, please just know that you don't have to keep doing that and you can just focus that energy on what makes you happy. And then, yeah, when you really care about that thing, you're still going to get jealous of people, but it can teach you something um, is the point that I'm trying to get at, I think. Because the more that it that it kind of sat in my head, and it's not that I was sitting around stewing about it all week or anything like that, but it's nothing like that. It just kind of, the, the feeling was so surprising. And like kind of the, the acuteness and the, and the intensity of it was so surprising that I was just kind of like, I just wanted to like figure it out, you know? Um, and when I looked at, when I looked at it and kind of broke down what was going on, you know, as best, as best as you can in the moment, like, here, here's what I think my jealousy was communicating to me in those situations. So, you know, with the, with the kind of list thing, it's, of course, I think, there is a very low degree of visibility that you have while you're working on something before it's out in the world. And that can be difficult in moments like that where you're, when you're confronted with a list of people who have already gotten to the finish line of the finish of the, you know, in the same race that you're running. And then and, and that's a bad analogy because it's not a race. I'm, I'm not trying to reinforce that idea that there is like a finite number, a finite amount of success. Like, I don't, I don't mean anything like that, but, you know, to be like, oh, that's, that's what, that's what it is though. That's what I want. Um, and then the other thing, you know, I think when I thought about the particular writer whose, whose byline I was like, alternately excited and then kind of like bummed to see which and another weird thing about this was a totally different genre it was like this would never be me and it was just like why are you being this way (laughs) and um stop it yeah stop being this way um but when I thought about that writer and what I know about that writer what it really revealed to me was an insecurity that I was feeling in a way in the way that I approached my work and it showed a gap that I'm aware of and don't always necessarily hurry to fix um, in terms of output, in terms of kind of constantly producing so that you can constantly get better, uh, in, like the veracity of my reading habits, what I'm reading, what kind of craft stuff I'm reading. Um, and I think I go through waves with that where I can kind of avoid that work, I don't know, out of fear, probably. I don't know. It's like that. It's like this weird thing that my anxiety does where you can't be where you're damned for not being a natural, but you're also damned for working really hard. Like there's just like no out, um, which is, of course, what your anxiety wants. You know, it's just like it just kind of wants to like tie you up in knots and then you don't get anything done. Um, So it was really helpful to see that. And it made because it made me. For one thing, feel like a little bit more compassion to myself. Just like, oh, this is what that's poking at. That's a real thing. The jealousy is not real. Or maybe, you know, like the impulse is connected to something else. And the something else is what you need to be looking at. Um, And it just kind of gave me a little bit of space. It felt like identifying it just kind of created a little bit of breathing room where I could say, 
you know, and then what's what's also really comforting about that is that immediately the other people leave the picture, right? Because they're not the point. So immediately it was like, okay, how do you how do you learn this lesson? How do you incorporate this lesson? And then you take the steps. You know, you work harder, you spend more time, or you, you know, come up with a kind of DIY curriculum for yourself, um, which is a thing like that I've definitely been meaning to do for a really long time. So if anybody out there is doing that kind of thing, hit me up. Tell me what your secrets are because I'm always trying to figure out um, how to do that more intentionally. And I think that the other thing that really hit home for me there in that direct comparison was was another thing that I'm really trying to come into 2019 with with my writing and with any creative work that I want to do from here on out of that idea of beginner's mind of kind of being the perpetual student and always just being ready to learn and being enthusiastic to learn and enthusiastic to experience really masterful examples of your craft out in the world and just kind of be able to like sort of, you know, sit at the feet of them. Uh, which I think is an ego problem for me too, because you know it's it comes back to the thing where you should be a natural or you you shouldn't have to work so hard. Or, I don't know. It's there's all kinds of type A teacher's pet shit going on in there that I'm guessing a lot of you can relate to. So yeah, that was really helpful for me, and it does really throw water on that fire of envy because you're just like, oh, I see what this is about, and then you can fix it. And, you know, I know how easy it is. Like, I I don't want to talk about any of this and sound, like, super enlightened or anything. But, like, I know how easy it is to just then throw your hands up. Because I've done it a million times over the years of just being like, see, who, who is it? Who are you? What are you doing? You know, uh, another writing podcast that I really enjoy that you guys should check out, um, Marginally, it's called. Um, uh, one of the one of the co-hosts of Marginally posted uh, a picture on Instagram the other day of the of a rare old books room of a library. I think I'm getting that right. That's where she was, and she said that she liked that space and that photo because it really reminded her that the writing is really just about you. That like you're just gonna essentially be an old dusty forgotten book in the back of a library somewhere, but you have to care about the writing process. And I really loved that because it echoed a thing that a good friend of mine and I used to always say, you know, when I lived in New York and, and would go to the Strand, um, and for those who don't know, the Strand is a massive, massive, massive bookstore. And so sometimes I would walk in and I would feel really uplifted and I would be like, there are so many books, just do your thing. It's great. It doesn't matter. There are so many books. But then sometimes I would walk in and I would be like, shit, there are so many books. What are you doing? There are already so many books. And I think that kind of that flipped switch is is what I'm getting at. That idea of you just have to do the work for the work's sake. And it doesn't keep you pure and it doesn't keep you superhuman. It doesn't turn you superhuman. It doesn't make you impervious to very human egotistical feelings. But those feelings are always pointing to something that if you listen to them closely enough will make you a better writer. Um, so that's something I'm going to work on for 2019 also. 
How do you guys work with jealousy? How do you feel it coming up for you? When do you see it coming up more? You know, I don't think it's necessarily a coincidence that this was coming up more for me when I was feeling kind of slow, like kind of at a slow pace with my work. You know, I wasn't feeling like I was really charging for that finish line. So I would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, Hello at WMFAPodcast.com, 347-685-4836. The WMFA logo was created by Unsold Studio, and the theme music is Jazz Dancer by Double Winter. Find them at doublewinter.bandcamp.com. WMFA is made in Detroit by Courtney Ballastier, LLC. All rights reserved.